Oh, hi, everybody. My name is Matt Stores, and welcome to Matt's Planning. Today, I have an expert on who is going to talk about a portion of the economy and a portion of our economic system that I am very fascinated to learn about. Expert, please introduce yourself and tell us what you're an expert of. Hey, everybody, and thanks, Matt, for having me here. It's to see you and, and hear your voice. Matt and I, we grew up together in Arizona. I got to see him sprout, and uh, it's, it's exciting to, now that we're sort of in different sides of the country, to reconnect and to talk to your listeners. My name is Jeffrey Shaw, and the topic today is about startup fundraising. I have a background in all things startup. I've founded my first company about 18 years ago, and I'm only 36, so I was pretty young. But through that time, I've raised over $40 million for my companies. Wow. And yeah. And so not only have I incepted startups, launched them, raised funding for them, and scaled them, but, but now I'm also on the other side of the table. I'm also an investor. I run a 50 million venture fund that invests in blockchain companies. So I sort of know everything from both the founder side and the investor side. And I am excited to be Matt's Lane. My understanding of the startup fundraising system, I feel is pretty vast. And I find that the basis of getting funding is figuring out what makes you special or what makes your business special and then taking that to the next level of understanding what other people would think was special. So one of the main ways you can do that is through figuring out what color scheme do we want to use before you even figure out the product. Just like, okay, we want to use a blue and orange color scheme. That's really going to set us apart. Probably not so much. Blue and orange is pretty saturated in most advertising these days, but that's predominantly where you want to start you want to be like okay this is kind of the brand we want to establish and put forward and Matt, Matt, Matt we're, we're talking about color schemes in a in a fundraising chat <laughs> absolutely that's day one you got to figure out your color scheme you can't build a business without a good color scheme it's to a good business and you want to figure out how to find the money once you have the color scheme established. And one of the primary ways to do that is to create a person web. One of the things that you have you in the center and like everybody and then like, who do they know and who do they know? And you do that for everybody in the company. And ideally, you're going to have someone with a significant amount of intergenerational wealth. And then through them and through their connections, you can get more money. But the real best way to do it is to find somebody who may or may not have a considerable amount of money that they want to filter because they don't want the eyes of certain governments to see it and then you're you're set you can you can get money from them and this is how most of the restaurants and businesses not most some of the restaurants and businesses in my area have gotten their funding some of them might say that they're fronts but they're not fronts they make great sandwiches. They make, they have my favorite candy. They're good businesses. They just filtering money and they're it, providing it's, a service. Happened to money launder in the, in the back room. Exactly. Exactly. There's a couple extra. Every time I buy my Kinder hazelnut hippos, they say that two of them were purchased as opposed to just one. And I think that's just a great business model. And then out in California, as I understand it, how it's run, most of the seed funding places, what they will do is you'll have kind of these houses where like incubators, 
and they will have a number of people with a number of different business models. But really, the underlying thing with those businesses and with those incubators is that they're actually getting people to get the seed money themselves. And by seed money, I mean the seed and nut money, because there's a considerable issue with almond and other nut theft in California. And a lot of people don't know this. Most of the people that are hijacking these trucks and stealing these nuts actually are these people in these incubators that are going out and stealing these trucks and then selling the nuts. And that's where all this money is coming from. Because I don't know the last time you bought a thing of almonds, but those things very expensive, partially because of this, and they can just keep jacking up the price. And then that money gets filtered in. And if they steal enough trucks, that's how their business gets that seed funding, that initial startup money. So then that Uber, that's how they did it. They that all the car companies, they just figured out the best way to steal nuts. And that's how they got all their money. Based on what you've heard so far, about how much of that would you say was accurate? If this was a Shark Tank pitch, my my response would be I'm out. But but there is hope for you. I, I think that you may be when we talk about seed funding, mm-hmm. I don't know if if seed is the right the right understanding you have. We're not actually okay. raising seeds or nuts. Okay. We are in fact raising money to prove out a business idea and then scale. Okay. That's like building it out. Yeah. So I would say the first part, you were talking about color schemes. And I, I think having good branding is, is definitely something people want to think about. But mm-hmm. I think the, the first step is less about colors and more about really identifying an idea that has mm-hmm. what's called product market fit. Okay. Uh, product market fit, not only to, to find consumers, because if you're going to raise money or build a company, you definitely want people that want to use it. You also have to keep keep in mind, what type of company do you want to build? And there's different ways to access capital based on the type of company you want to build. So um, that could be everything from a mom and pop shop or restaurant, kind of like you're talking to. Mm-hmm. And in those instances, the way that you would go about getting funding is by self-funding it, if you happen to already mm-hmm. be wealthy, getting money from what's called like family and friends. Okay. So love money, people that believe in you, maybe not necessarily your 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 nut store okay. uh, but they believe in you and they just want to support you or there's also access to capital for mom and pop shops like sba loans small business okay. association loans and what sba loan is it's essentially the u.s government is going to guarantee the repayment of the loan in mm-hmm. a, as a way to inspire people to start companies get out of the rat race and start their own company and the lenders love that because you being mad stores Mm-hmm. A 30 something year old guy, you might not have a lot of assets or things that a traditional bank would would back you on. Like you might not have a lot of collateral, but the US government is going to back it. You can go and get an SBA loan. So that's oh, sort of the mom and pop shop. Mm-hmm. My expertise and, and really what I've done over my 15, 18 year career growing startups is actually looking at venture scale companies. So these are companies mm-hmm. with the idea that we want to grow a company that will be a billion dollar business. And in the world of startups, billion dollar business is what's called a unicorn. And that's sort of what all these founders want to do. And this is really what investors are looking for. Now, when you're looking for your first check, your 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 first injection of capital, oftentimes, especially today, you're going to need some level of proof that you can have a good idea. Investors in the early stages aren't necessarily backing your exact company as it is because they understand the idea of the business is going to change and pivot over time. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. what they're backing is you as the founder. And the idea, does this guy have the ability to have good ideas and can they roll the punches? Can they adapt to the circumstances? Yeah. And so even in venture scale startup fundraising, you often will get your first money from friends and family. So if you have a rich uncle or something, Mm -hmm. uh, call them up and try and get some of that money. And then what you'll want to do is present to them a great idea, not just a business plan, but actually like some product that that you've built. Mm -hmm. Uh, We talk about, I I introduced the term product market fit, Mm -hmm. and that's really having a product that people want. And so there's many ways to go about getting a great idea for a business. It often comes from a pain point that that you've experienced yourself. And once right. you understand that pain point, you can then come up with some solution to solve it. And hey, if other people also have that same pain, you might be positioned to actually have a great business that can solve a real problem. Right. And that's how you start getting product market fit. Okay. Now, once you've built out the business idea, you have something to show, the next, and then you hit up your uncle for a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Maybe you brought on a contract engineer or or a marketing person to help you sort of formulate some of these things. The The next step is presenting your idea to investors that invest in what's called pre-seed or mm-hmm. seed rounds of funding. Mm-hmm. Now, in a, a pre-seed or seed round of funding, what you're generally going to do is you're going you're gonna to give up 20% of your company. So it's called equity. So you give 20% right. equity in exchange for some amount of capital. And based on the investor's belief on where you're at already as a company or the future growth you can achieve, they're going to set a valuation. So for my company, Underground Seller, a company that I grew from inception, where I've raised over $40 million, my first check was $200,000. And I gave them 20% for it. Now I was able to take that $200,000 and and get to what's called the next inflection point. So when you ask for money, you want to you want to explain to them what are you going to do with the money and what's it going to get you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a lot of connections with investors, you're still able to reach out to them. These investors who invest in early stage companies, they want to hear about new opportunities. So right. you can often find them online. Or what I did in my instance was I just started sending cold emails to, to people with money. And okay. you know, if you've ever seen the, the TV show Shark Tank, mm-hmm. you can look, you can take any of those panelists, whether it's Kevin O'Leary or, or Mark Cuban or mm-hmm. Barbara Corcoran, and you can email them. And, and that's actually what, how I went ahead and, and got some of my, my, my first million dollars came mm-hmm. from a cold email. And oh, I wow. actually emailed Mark Cuban. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, yo, Mark, I've got this cool new wine company. Why don't you hop on your private jet, come meet the team. We'd love for you to consider investing. Mm-hmm. And you won't believe it. He responded. Oh, that's great. And he responded and he said, he said, hey, I'm not interested. That's all he said. <laughs> and I said, I said, Mark, you're missing the opportunity of a lifetime. You you really need to come out and meet the team. And we went back and forth for a few more times until he finally said, he said, Jeff, stop emailing me. Um, and I great. said, okay, all right, Mark, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cool off. But what I did was I, I I forwarded that entire email chain with Mark Cuban to Barbara Corcoran, the okay. other shark on Shark Tank. And I said, I said, hey, Barb, Mark passed on our deal. Let's prove him wrong. And she thought that was so funny. She also happens to be a wine enthusiast. yeah. And so after a couple months of due diligence, and due diligence is where 
They, they talk to the team, they talk to customers, they look at it. She ended up investing in our company. She also blasted it out to her network. And that's when we raised her first million dollars. Oh, that's and great. so Barbara Corkin is one of our investors. And what she invested through is what's called crowdfunding platform. Okay. And not crowdfunding like you might know from something like uh, Kickstarter or GoFundMe yeah. or anything. Yeah. So in Kickstarter or GoFundMe, you're essentially trading product for capital. In right. this, you're actually giving them equity ownership in your company in exchange mm -hmm. for money. And there's platforms like Angel WeFunder and some of these other platforms that allow you to list your company on there and blast it out and, and get investment. So that's how we got our first million dollars just from cold emailing. Oh, that's amazing. I And I commend you for that. I think, and like Mark Cuban's response to that, I think is beautiful too. That's just a wonderful exchange. I love that you did that. That's wonderful. Yeah, I would say like some advice I'd give to someone who wants to start a company is don't be shy. Like take cracks, cracks at the bat. The worst they'll do is say no. And it could lead to, to another investment from someone else. Right. Now, one of the things you brought up when you were sort of giving your rundown you talked about, I think, called them seed houses. I think you explained it where a bunch of people live together, you get money. And mm -hmm. to some extent, that does exist. But but what they're really called are incubators or accelerators. Okay. okay. And the, uh, the most famous one is an accelerator called Y Combinator. And they have incubated and accelerated companies that we all use very frequently. Mm -hmm. Airbnb and Stripe and Reddit, Twitch. What they do is they give $500,000 in exchange for 7% of your company. So it bumps it up a level, right? And mm -hmm. they're highly exclusive. They're harder to get accepted to than like Princeton or Stanford. But if you can get in, not only do they give you money, but for, for three months, they work with you intently to help you prove out your product market fit. Everything from what color schemes to use, but okay. also things like how do you talk to investors and how do you raise money? How do you get customers? How do you grow? And the the main metric that people that are, are looking to scale their company, it's all about two metrics that combine together. It's mm -hmm. CAC to LTV, the cost to acquire a customer and what is the lifetime value of that customer? Mm -hmm. And it's represented as a fraction. So okay. if it costs you let's say $10 to get a customer, but that customer spends $20 in the lifetime as a customer with you. Mm -hmm. Well, for every dollar you bring in, you get $2 back. It's like an right. ATM machine. You put a dollar in, you get $2 back. Clearly investors want to put a dollar in, you get $2 back. Absolutely. Uh, now it might take several years to, to get that lifetime value to pay off. You have to make sure the company has enough money and what's called runway, which is how much time until the company runs out of money left in order to do that. Once you go through a program like Y Combinator, you're then going to want to raise either a seed round mm -hmm. um, or what's called a Series A. And a okay. Series A is your first priced round. And this is going to be from an investor who is, who is no longer just betting on you as a founder and betting on can you have good ideas, but they have analysts that are going to look at your data, go through everything, build customer cohort analysis, really understand is, is your CAC to LTV ratio something that can grow over time? Is it going to fizzle out? Is the market size big enough to support a big enough business for their investment to pay back? And mm -hmm. in a series A, again, you're going to give up about 20% of your company. Mm -hmm. And they're again going to set the valuation of the company. If you run a series A and you get $10 million in your series A round of financing, $10 million for 20%. For roughly values your company at a $50 million valuation. Right. So we went from like a 500 
$100,000 valuation in like family and friends, to a few million dollar valuation in the accelerator, to a $50 million valuation in the series A. And these oh, are all rough estimates. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And they will vary based on the stage of your company and everything. But once you get a series A investor interested, you're going to run a process. And the way you get the best valuation is by mm-hmm. getting more than one series A investor interested at the same time. And what what they are hoping for is that you're going to be like a billion dollar company or or bigger. Mm-hmm. And they are going to to help you figure out how to find that product market fit, get customers and grow. And then after that, there's what's called a series B, series C, and it's just okay. keeps going from there with the different letters. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Jeff, this is unbelievably insightful. As somebody who gets business ideas fairly regularly that are just wildly inefficient and not sustainable. If I ever hit on one that's good, I'm going to have to hit you up. If people wanted to know more about you or they wanted to know more about fundraising, where could they find out more? They can they can email me. My email address is jeff at shaw.vc. So J-E-F-F at S-H-A-W dot V-C okay. as in venture capital. And that's where you can reach me. If anyone wants any advice on how to start a company, how to fundraise for it. I love to respond. I I respond to everyone who emails me and love to hear from anyone of your listeners that are interested. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been so informative. I really appreciate it. Great. Yeah. Thanks for having me on and uh, and appreciate being Matt's Blaine. Absolutely. My name is Matt Stores and this has been Matt's Planning.